podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're thankful for the reasons it's the best part of the fall. The crossover of seasons, football and basketball. So grab yourself a pumpkin brew or beverage of your choice. All the best smelling wildcats are here with Bosco's voice. Oh, don't you know we're on a podcast with Bosco's voice? Because I love Thank you. Thank you very much for giving. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our final regular season game preview of the year. Boy, oh boy, does time fly in football season. I remember when it was, uh, hell, I remember when it was July and we were ramping up for uh, Blitz Month. Um, folks, it's been fun. It's it's a record-breaking um, football season for us, uh, surpassing last year in downloads. Uh, when you combine September, October, uh, in November, um, so I I, I I thank you guys so much for it. Um, so we got this one final game, um, and then we'll see we'll see if we can uh, use our black magic, our dark magic to get into um, to get into Arlington. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, but you never know. You never know. Um, all eyes will be on that Texas game and Oklahoma game on Friday. Obviously, uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State losing is the easiest path in. If Texas loses and creates a four-way tie, I don't even know. Nobody knows. The Big 12 won't say anything. But I'm not going to get too hung up on it. Um, we got some weekly honors, some fun little news before we get into Chris Kleiman's press conference. First, uh, we got back-to-back weeks for Mackenzie Morris winning defensive play. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Defensive player of the week. And then for the second time this year, uh, uh, Anya Clinton, uh, or Nia Clinton, excuse me, winning uh, rookie of the week uh, for uh, K-State Volleyball. Uh, K-State Volleyball takes on Houston on Saturday. And then Sunday at 5 p.m., on ESPN, the selection show um, for the women's volleyball tournament will be happening. Um, they're going to be on the bubble, that's for sure. Beat Houston you, you, on the road, you think you're probably in. Um, but they're going to be on the bubble. So stay tuned. I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, some more awards. Aoka Lee named the AP uh, National Player of the Week. K-State Women's Basketball named the NCAA March Madness Team of the Week. And Keenan Garber named the Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week. Folks, an awesome week of honors for your K-State Wildcats. So you love to see it. Um, we got, what, K-State Basketball, Men's Basketball playing tomorrow. 
uh, versus Central Arkansas in Bramlage. Um, when's the next time the women are tipping off? The women are playing down in the uh, Gulf Coast Showcase. They play Western Kentucky on Friday. I believe that is on Flow Hoops. Uh, there's a chance they could be seeing Iowa again uh, on Sunday in that tournament. So that would be kind of fun to see them face off with Caitlin Clark again. Um, so a, a lot of stuff going on around the world of K-State athletics. Um, let's see, K-State men's basketball, they have that game with Central Arkansas. And then after that, they're back at it the following Tuesday, the 28th, hosting Oral Roberts. Um, again, we're going to really ramp up uh, basketball talk, but when you're kind of looking ahead, uh, December, you, you start off with uh, North Alabama, but then you have uh, Villanova at LSU, Nebraska at home, and then Wichita State in uh, Kansas City before playing Chicago State um, on January 2nd, then you get in the Big 12 play. So things are going to get very real very fast for the men's basketball team as well. Uh, Speaking of the men's basketball team, you guys know what I like to do before every single home basketball game. That's grabbing a couple pre-game pints at Manhattan Brewing Company. Make that part of your pre-game tradition where you're coming into Manhattan for K-State basketball. And again, it's Wednesday night. It's the uh, night before Thanksgiving. Uh, Folks love to have a good time the night before Thanksgiving. So, uh, start your night at Manhattan Brewing Company. Drink responsibly, of course, but be sure to stock up so you can be the cool cousin, you can be the cool nephew, the cool son, and or daughter, nephew, and niece, all that type of stuff. I know we have our female boneheads out there as well. Shout out to you all. Uh, I love you guys more. There, I said it. I love the female boneheads more than the men. Sorry about it. Uh, but make sure that you get to Manhattan Brewing Company and stock up before... Thanksgiving, be the cool guy, and then, heck, get in there before the the, uh, football game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. You don't want to be tailgating. So get a couple pints, get a couple crowlers, get a couple four-packs at Manhattan Brewing Company. Let's get into it. Uh, Chris Kleiman's press conference didn't take away a ton of it. Uh, a ton from it. It, it, it was it, it was pretty surface level. You could tell he was happy. You could tell he was in a good mood. Um, he, he opened up talking about the resiliency of this team and talking about how they were able to come back from down 11 um, and, and r- gave a lot of praise to the defense in that fourth quarter. Again, I, I, I don't think any unit on the team except for the running backs and maybe the offensive line played better than a C+. I thought for three quarters or probably not three quarters um let's say for 60 percent of that game the defense was trash the defense was an f uh they redeemed themselves really in the final four possessions uh of that game and really came up big so uh chris climbing hit hit the nail on the head now i'm hoping it's not going to take that long for the defense to find their stride on saturday i don't need any more stress let's have let's have a stress-free undefeated home season in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I believe, I believe this would be the first undefeated season in Bill Snyder Family Stadium if they can get the win on Saturday since 2012. So this would be the first undefeated home campaign for 
uh, Chris Kleiman if they're able to pull that off. It's a feat that doesn't happen very often. So after 2012, you would have to go back to 1999 where you had an undefeated home season. 1998, so you went back to back there. Uh, 97? Hell, 97. So... (laughs) You know, I that that's when K State was really rolling. So what, ninety seven? Yeah. So you went from all right. So you beat Iowa State, or no? You you lost to Nebraska on October fifth of nineteen ninety six. K State did not lose another home game. Man, what a run this was. Sorry, uh, I was not planning on doing this. They did not lose another home game until October 14th, 2000. What a run that was. Ha! Man, I I didn't think I was I, you know, I didn't think I was going to go down that rabbit hole. But man, what a run 96 to 2000. What a run at home that was. But yeah, this would be the um this would be a nice little long streak. Um, as well, uh, undefeated home campaign. It's going to be a challenging home campaign next year as well, but we'll worry about that next year. Only six home games next year. Um, so look, I I think there's a handful of GA tickets still, uh, around. Uh, you only get six home games next year. So be sure to get out there, uh, final time until the fall. Um, so let's get a, let's get a seven and home, uh, seven and oh home campaign. Um, lots of praise for the seniors on this team and the kids from Kansas getting that win over Iowa State, uh, or over Kansas, excuse me. Uh, and again, that, that really was a win. That was a statement win. Uh, the more and more I hear from KU folks after that game, the more and more I realize they don't know ball at all. Um, it, it's honestly a little embarrassing for them at this point, but look, we're just going to move on. It is what it is. Sucks to suck. Go Cats. Uh, Iowa State, uh, they have all the attention there. And, and, and this is this is very true. It pains me to say Iowa State is way better than I anticipated them being um, from the summer and after the non-con. Look, they dealt with the gambling scandal. They lost to Ohio. They lost to Iowa. I was thinking this was going to be like a 4-8 and eight Iowa team. And sure enough, they're what, 6-5 and five coming into this one. They're going to a bowl game. Uh, going into last week, they were still alive in the Big 12 race. So uh, th- this is this is going to be a tough game. And, and again, as much as I hate to say it, um, I think this does validate Matt Campbell a little bit as being a good coach. He's annoying. He's a brat. He cries on the sideline going after his own fans when they're telling him he's on the hot seat. But the fact he was able to get this team two six wins after starting the season one and three, uh, or one and two, excuse me, after dealing with everything uh, in the offseason because he has horrible or had horrible culture of just gambling degenerates on his team um, in a hellscape of uh, Ames, Iowa. Look, I, I have to give him a little bit of credit. He turned it around. So uh, credit where credit's due. Um Chris Kleiman talking about the story of the season has they've had to refocus after high emotional games because uh, he was asked, "Hey, how do you bounce back? Uh, get get your feet back on the ground after that win versus KU?" But 
he, he mentioned the emotional tough losses earlier in the season, how they're able to bounce back, and you just have to use that same mentality coming into this one. Um, it sounds like Uso's going to be day-to-day but hasn't practiced yet. I hope to see the big man out there. Uh, I'm not holding my breath. I, I'm imagining we're going to go at uh, Iowa State without Uso. Uh, lots of praise for Bo Palmer. Played excellent in the second half once he got to play a little bit more. Um, I don't. Iowa State's not going to shift around. They're not going to motion around. Uh, it's not going to test your eyes or your mental um, you know, discipline nearly as much as KU. Um, so I, I imagine we're going to see uh, a little bit more Austin Romaine, maybe even some more Rex Van Y. But again, without Bo Palmer, K-State does not win that game versus Iowa State. So I'm glad he was able to uh, get some praise. Uh, he was asked about DJ Giddens. Uh, he just said, look, DJ uh, battles. He's playing very well. Everyone knew what he was uh, capable of doing. Uh, I think he's going to go up over 1,000 yards rushing um, versus uh, Iowa State. I believe that is where um, he will get. I think he's right on the cusp. I think DJ is right on the cusp. Yeah, he has not, uh, 961 yards rushing, and then uh, where's he at receiving? He has 286 receiving. So he's going to be just shy of 1,500 yards uh, when it's all said and done after the bowl game unless he goes off like crazy versus Iowa State, which, hey, it could happen. It could happen. I guess I'm not not going to put 1,500 out of the uh, realm of possibilities yet, but it's going to be close. But he's going to go up over 1,000 yard rushing, already up over 250 yards receiving. So what a year for DJ Giddens. Um, he was asked about how you navigate things uh, with all the different uh, championship game scenarios. He says, hey, look, we've navigated things pretty well the last two weeks with the media trying to shove stuff down their throats. Uh, it, it was funny. It was a little bit of back and forth. Again, I like seeing Chris Kleiman show that uh, little comedic edge to him. He likes to poke fun with the media. Um, I, I, I know he doesn't like doing the media stuff. I know he doesn't like... Uh, you know, giving speeches and all that type of stuff. But he's a funny guy when, when he does, so so I, I enjoyed that. Um, so, some praise for uh, Randon Plattner, a long snapper. He ga- came back for his sixth year and the charisma that he has with the team and uh, poking fun and having a little bit of fun with uh, Randon uh, getting up on the bandstand and directing the pride after the game. So then a lot of praise for the marching band from Chris Kleiman. Uh, says that's really neat uh, where they are at KU. Says it's probably not great seats, but it's right where they come on and off the field. And a lot of praise for Frank Trace. Um, then then he really gets into a lot of Iowa State talk. And, and some of it, honestly, it, it, it was coach speak, quite frankly, because he was saying some things that are wrong. Um, talking about how they're always good at special teams. Well, no, they're one of the worst special teams, uh, you know, in the country under under Matt Campbell. Uh, under that, you know, whatever six-year run or however long he's been there, uh, Iowa State has been one of the worst special teams teams in the country. So a lot of it was uh, coach speak, uh, but he did say they're well coached, which is true. And then he had a lot of praise for how they develop kids, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which I believe is true. Um, and it says this is going to be one of the most physical games he played, and said, "Hey, this is a rivalry that we care about, that the fans care about, and." It's easy to have that edge when it is so physical. And I agree. You go back and you watch some of these Iowa State games over the last, uh, what, decade or so. 
they're physical games. A lot of them have been close. There's a lot of emotion tied into it. So um, I'm, I'm glad. And it seems like the guys do recognize that. And, and that's fun. Uh, he said conversations won't start until after the regular season uh, on which guys could or uh, could come back with their COVID season. Having those conversations said that he he will never have those conversations uh, with COVID guys until the regular season's over. He says they'll happen next week unless they get into the Big 12 championship game. Then they'll push it back a week. Um, says there will be guys walking on senior day that will have a decision whether or not they want to come back. Um, and then he, he the final thing I really took away from it was him talking about uh, some of the seniors in this senior class and the guys that will be walking and how they, they navigated uh, you know 2020 after a pretty fun 2019 and it was a rough season on and off the field and kind of rebuilding things back to the standard in 2021 and winning the Big 12 last year and the ups and downs this year, which it's funny, we say ups and downs and uh, if, you, if you take care of business on Saturday, it's a 9-3 and three season. I love... Uh, I mean, I, and first off, I love the senior class. I, I shout out to all of them again, especially the ones that came back, the guys that have been through so much. You, you think about Philip Brooks, you think about Seth Porter, you think about Platner, guys who uh, were there, Daniel Green, who were there, played under Bill Snyder, went through the tough end of Bill Snyder's tenure, having to see a legend get fired. Uh, from a football program in a stadium that bears his name with a statue out front. That's rough going through a coaching search, then going through a transition, then going through COVID and, and coming back for this sixth year. Um, so much credit to all those guys. But but really, it, it's a senior class you have to respect and give so many flowers to what they were able to get through and, and get uh, this program to where it is. Because look, the, the the floor of this of this program is eight wins. Um, throw out the COVID year because the the more we get away from the COVID year and the more you reflect back on it, um, anything that was out of the norm in the COVID year did not turn out to be a turning of a corner. It turned out to be uh, you know the not the rule, but the exception. So, I I mean, fuck the COVID year, it didn't happen. But yeah, eight wins is the floor. And reestablishing such a high floor under Chris Kleiman and this senior class, which did a great job, a big job in establishing that as the floor, um, has been absolutely massive. So, shout out to them. Not much to take away from um, many of the player guys. I, I, I will touch on what Will Howard had to say. And again, Will Howard, um, he didn't straight up say he's not coming back. But I, I look, he's not. This is going to be Will Howard's final game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Um, I think I, I, I think he's going to play in the bowl game. I don't know, but there's a chance this could be his final game ever playing for K-State. And again, his legacy is going to be something that's going to be debated uh, forever. Um, it's going to be something that's talked about. Um, and, and I think that it's it's an interesting ink blot test uh, because some K State fans see him as a Ring of Honor guy, others see him as nothing but a career stat stuffer uh, who benefited from an offensive uh, coordinator change. Um, I think it's somewhere in between. I don't think he's a Ring of Honor guy. I don't think he's an all time great guy. I think he is uh, good. Not great. I mean, I, I think he is in that 
uh, Jake Waters, Skylar Thompson, um, Jonathan Beasley uh, level. You know, I think he's slightly behind Del Roberson. I, I, I think uh, Colin Klein and uh, Michael Bishop are in a class of their own. Lynn Dickey, I think, you know, I think Chad Mays probably in front of him. Um, not Steve Grogan. He sucked at K-State. I don't care what the old-timers say. He was just, you know, good, I guess, for the Patriots. Um, you know, he, he's probably in the same world as Josh Freeman um, for different reasons. Josh Freeman, you know, uh, threw for a bunch of touchdowns, threw for a bunch of yards. Uh, these are records that uh, Will Howard's looking to break, and I, I think he's probably going to break L. Roberson's single season passing touchdown record on Saturday as well. Um, I don't think Will's, I mean, Will's not going to be a first round draft pick, but, you know, Josh Freeman's NFL career was up and down, so we'll see what sort of pro career Will Howard can have. I hope he decides to go pro. I hope he can be a fifth round draft pick. Um, it would kind of suck to see him transfer, um, but. I don't think K-State necessarily wants to see him come back, and I don't think Will Howard wants to come back. I don't think he wants to go through that. So I'm going to enjoy being able to witness in person Will Howard uh, play one more time. I'm probably not going to go to the bowl. Again, as you can tell, I'm not anticipating uh, you know, dark magic getting us into the Big 12 championship game. Um, but I'm going to enjoy seeing him play one more time. And you could kind of tell he, he didn't want to say anything in, in uh, the press saying, hey, I'm not coming back. Because um, I don't think he knows if he's going to transfer or if he's going to go pro. Uh, but you could tell that he knows this is going to be his last time. He says it's going to uh, be bittersweet. There's going to be a lot of emotion uh, going through the uh, senior day festivities. Um, he echoed what Chris Kleiman said that says, hey, you know, what, what makes these group of guys so special is everything they went through. Uh, you know, uh, in 2020, kind of rebuilding things back in 2021 and what they've accomplished the last two years. Uh, it says they love each other so much. Uh, so you love to see that. Um, talking about bouncing back after a big emotional win versus KU, says it's no different than coming off of a tough loss. You just got to refocus and get back to the task at hand. Um, and then, and then he talked about the rivalry with, with Iowa State. He says, Hey, look, you know, it's massive with KU, but this one with Iowa State is big too, uh, because they play them so close. Everything's so physical. Uh, we have some kids from Iowa. They have some kids from Kansas. And he says, Hey, I, I know it means a lot to the fans as well. So, uh, I, I do think, it, um, I do think this game matters. I do think this game matters. And, uh, I'm happy that the the fans uh, or that the players, the coaches, uh, see that as well. That gets into uh, some of the stuff I'll be looking uh, for and kind of my thoughts surrounding this game. But before we do, let's talk about Charlie Hustle. Look, we'll be announcing on Saturday, either morning or early afternoon, who wins the giveaway. But get over to Bosco's Boys Twitter account. Find our tweet, and to be entered, you just need to be following us. You need to be following Charlie Hustle, and then retweet that tweet. Now, if you want a bonus entry, either quote it or reply with something you're thankful for, something you're grateful for. Um, as we're approaching uh, Thanksgiving, uh, let us know. Let us know uh, what you're grateful for, you're thankful for. You'll get a second entry, and then we'll announce who's getting the free shirt from Charlie Hustle on Saturday uh, before Farmageddon kicks off. So shout out to Charlie Hustle. 
the, the giveaways aren't going to stop. I, we're set up all the way through March with Charlie Hustle. Um, so be sure to uh, keep your eyes peeled. And again, we're gonna have we're gonna have more giveaways, so uh, it's gonna be fun. All right. Uh, so so we won't know until Friday evening if this has any stakes uh, when it comes to Big Twelve Championship implications. If Oklahoma and Texas win their games on Friday, we'll know. Hey, this is for pride. This is for conference standing. This is for the golden pecan pie, which I, I think that the uh, Farmageddon trophy should be. Um, this is to be nine and three. This is uh, for rankings and all that type of stuff. Um, so we're gonna know. Um, but look, no matter the situation, a nine and three regular season um, where you're somewhere between top fifteen, top twenty. I'm I'm never going to sit on this show or even after the show ends and say that's a disappointment, that's a failure. Uh, or anything like that. Now, um, if we do that, lose the bowl game, you end up nine and four, maybe fringe on the final coaches poll, a people. I'm gonna be frustrated. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little upset. I I, I don't know. We'll we'll cross that when when the time comes. I'm sure would like the back to back ten wins, but ultimately the the season um, we had such high hopes. Uh, preseason pick number two. Look, um, take care of business, and you play to that expectation. Um, the only the only difference in in most of the preseason predictions, most of the bonehead predictions, um, is that loss to Missouri. Which, I mean, as, as much as it sucks, they're a top ten team. Um, I, w- I would have loved to to get a redo on that game, but. But you don't get to do that. You don't get redos. Um, so look, uh, nine and three would be a good season. Uh, and, and again, it's it's that level. You know, uh, anything between seven and eight wins, that's about the same. Six is you know obviously better than five, but you know nine is that. I think there is a tangible difference. I think it feels different than you know that step up from seven to eight. I, I think that step from eight to nine is a lot bigger. Um, so I want this. I want this one big. Um, and, and look, uh, when you're looking at the rankings again, I, I think you would be just outside the top fifteen in the college football playoff poll right before conference championship week. Again, it doesn't mean much this year. Um, but starting next year, I mean, look, uh, you would be just on the outside of getting into the college football playoff. Um, this is where I think K-State expects to be. I think this is where K-State needs to be. Um, you know, year in, year out, knocking on the door of being an at-large team, knocking on the door of playing for the Big 12 championship, which would give you entry to the playoff. Um, so starting next year, it's all going to feel a little different. It's going to take some navigating. If Bosco's boys, the show is is going to be around, it's going to change the conversation, um, how we frame up the season. Um, so I would love it. I I, want to win this game and I want to tune in on, uh, Tuesday and be like, okay, you know, we're, we're 15th, we're 16th. Um, that would mean a lot to me. Uh, I I know I kind of downplay, um, you know, the idea of rankings and all that type of stuff, but being able to say, Hey, you had a back to back top 15 seasons. That means something that, that means something. So I'm hoping they get it done for that. 
I'll be interested to see what the crowd looks like. It's going to be a cold game. Sounds like there might be some snow. Um, the students will be getting back from Thanksgiving. Um, you know, there, there's a, a chance that uh, outside of, uh, or there's a chance that, like I say, well, actually, we'll know going into that game. When the game kicks off, we'll know 100% if there's anything on the line. So will it have some of that kind of rabid atmosphere to start the game uh, or not? So I'll, I'll kind of have an eye on it. Uh, but I, I'm not too worried about it. Look, I, I think the student body um, has kind of bought back in. Um, they, they didn't really have a game outside of UCF um, that they needed to come back after halftime. But I think the student body, there, there's that rabid bloodthirst again. Um and I hope it carries over. I, I hope we've turned a new leaf and uh, that this atmosphere that we've seen so many games in the first half is back for good. Again, it's going to suck with only six home games next year, but um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's back to stay. So I'll, I'll be interested to see the atmosphere one more time in Bill Snyder Family Stadium until uh, next September. Um, look, I, I think Farmageddon does lose a little bit of spice. Um, when KU is a little bit better, I, I, I do think that um, when KU was still in the doldrums um, and Iowa State was on the come up, this game felt bigger uh, amongst the fan base. And, and there were some of the years where it, it did feel um, like the biggest rivalry game on the uh, on the schedule. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like that now, but it still means something to me. I think it means a lot to the younger generation. I think it means a lot to uh, those of us that are internet fans, because um, there is a lot of back and forth with Iowa State fans. Um, there is a lot more uh, fluidity uh, between uh, Iowa State fans and K-State fans. There's a lot more crossover. Um, those fans show up, and hell, there's more of them living in Kansas City than I would like. Um, so you have a lot more of those interactions. So again, I do think this game truly is a great uh, with a capital G, maybe an all-caps great secondary rivalry for both Iowa State and K-State. Um, you know, obviously their game with Iowa and our game with KU is, is the priority. That's the big one. But I, this is what college football is about. It's not just about your one singular rival. It's about these secondary rivalries. It's about these niche uh, arguments and fights, really, between uh, two fan bases. Um, Farmageddon is, is, it was a name that was started on a message board as a joke. Um, but, but it is something that the, the two fan bases, you know, they clash over. Um, it's something that was embraced. And, and I think this is something that, uh, would have been worth preserving. I am I'm, I'm upset. I'm still mad that in 2027, this game isn't going to be played and it will become, uh, no longer um, the longest active, never interrupted series in college football. Uh, it will fall off the list. It's amongst the top five continuous rivalries in all of college football, and that will be gone uh, for, for, quite frankly, no reason. Um, it's the sixth longest active consecutive game played. Next year, it will move up to number five with Bedlam uh, ending. Um and it's ending for absolutely no reason in 2027. So honestly, shame on Jamie Pollard, shame on um, Brett Yormark. Uh, I, I'm frustrated a little bit with Gene Taylor for not finding a way to uh, preserve this. It does mean something to me. And, and here's the thing: 
it, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't hold the same value to every K State fan, and that's fine. Um, it's not something I'm going to lose sleep over, and it's not something that I'm going to berate Gene Taylor about the next time I talk to him. Um, but it is a shame, and it does suck. But um, it is what it is. We're going to enjoy you know the next four matchups. Uh, hopefully it'll be four K State wins, um, and then we'll move on. Um, I did this when uh, talking about the KU game, but again, this is a, again amongst uh, one of the most historic rivalries. This is going to be the 107th all-time meeting between K State and Iowa State. Like I said, the sixth longest active continuous rivalry in Division One football, the longest never interrupted series, active never interrupted series in Division One football. It is the 60th most, it's going to become the, uh, going to a tie for the 60th most played Division I football game. It will move into the 43rd most FBS division played game and the 38th most played game amongst power conference foes. So again, uh, lots of history uh, amongst this matchup, um, both universities have a rich tradition when it comes to breaking the car- uh, color barrier in college athletics. Uh, so again, it, it's it's uh, it's a rivalry game that I thought would have been worth preserving. Um, but yeah, uh, lo- looking towards the game, looking on the field, um, hoping to see big games from guys who you know it's going to be their final games. Uh, you know, you look at Will Howard, Philip Brooks, Ben Sennett, Cooper Beebe, KT Lev, Hayden Gillum, Christian Duffy, uh, Khalid Duke. Um, you know, we'll, we'll still have this senior day, uh, scenario in 2024 and 2025 where it's like, Oh, okay. Um, maybe this guy can come back. Maybe this guy is going to come back. Um, so it it does always kind of make it a little bit awkward, but you know, those guys aren't coming back. Um, so I'm going to enjoy seeing them play one more time, uh, in their purple jerseys. Um, and the last time in person, again, I'm probably not going to go to any of the bowl uh, destinations unless they end up in San Antonio. I might think about it. Um, it's going to be the last time you see play, Will Howard play in person. It's going to be the last time you see Cooper Beebe, who is an all-time great, truly an all-time great, the greatest offensive lineman K-State has ever had, Cooper Beebe, his final game uh, in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And I'm going to really cherish it. And then the final thing uh, that will be front of mind, looking just for a bounce back uh, by the position groups, uh, specifically the linebackers after that rough outing uh, versus KU. Uh, Joe Klanderman, hopefully he's in his bag. I was it's not a great offense, uh, so hoping to put up a, a good performance and a small number for Iowa State. All right, let's get into my keys to V. My first one is... Capitalize on scoring opportunities. Iowa State is one of the better defenses in the conference. So when you get into the red zone, you have to execute and you have to come away with touchdowns. Number two, it's going to be protect the trenches on defense. With Uso seemingly a game day decision, I don't think he's going to play. I hope he plays, but I don't think he's going to. And if he does, he's definitely not going to be able to give you as many plays as he typically does. Uh, you know, Damon Alalio was in the injury tent. So was Javon Banks uh, during the KU game. So how are you going to manage that? Are we going to see more Cooper BB on defense? Um, so I, 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 one of the keys is protecting the trenches, uh, especially because I think they're going to have to get creative at nose guard. 
Um, number three, find the home run play. You had one last year. Probably should have had a second, resulting in touchdowns. Um, it might be tough driving on Iowa State and getting into the red zone, so you may need to find the big play to lead to touchdowns and keep the points going. And then the final thing is avoid the hangover from last week. Um, I, I mean, I know K-State fans are, are still feeling it. Um, it was a big win. It was a come-from-behind win. And, and, again, it was a win that was in doubt versus your biggest rival, uh, and again, I, I think I said in the review show it was only the second time during the streak where it was um, a one-score game. Well, no, it was, it was three because the first one uh, was, I believe, a one-score game. So three times in the last 15 years it's been a one-score game, 12 blowouts. Um, so, again, uh, Chris Kleiman says the right things. Will Howard said the right things. But they do have to recharge. They have to get be- uh, ready for this Farmageddon game because, look, Iowa State – um, would love nothing nothing more than to beat K-State. They don't want, um, you know, for K-State to start stringing games together. Um, there, there's been a bit of a back and forth in the Chris Kleiman uh, uh, era going head-to-head with Matt Campbell. They don't want K-State to get too straight. So um, it, it's going to be a big one. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, my two picks to click. Uh, I got Will Howard. It's going to be his last game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Um might be his final game at K-State. I don't know. I, I think he's going to play in the bowl game. I, I don't know why he'd opt out, but we'll see. Um, again, it's going to be one of those mixed legacies at K-State. I want him to go out on a high note. I want him to break the single season uh, passing touchdown record uh, set by L. Roberson back in 2003. Um, and, and I want him to have that accolade. I want him to have that one final moment uh, that is great. So um, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, the final guy I'm going to have uh, to pick to click um, Kobe Savage, he's gonna walk. I think I, I've been I've been hearing whispers this week he's gonna come back. I'm hoping Kobe comes back. Um, so it might be his last game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I don't think it is. I'm hoping it's not. Uh, but he's a guy who's embraced the culture. He's embraced the rivalries. He's really gone in on being a uh, just a swagger boss at safety. Um, so I'm looking for Kobe Savage to get another interception and have a big game. Um, so those are my picks to click and keys to V. Keys to V, capitalize on scoring opportunities in the red zone. Uh, number two, protect the trenches on defense. Three, find the home run play. Four, four, avoid the hangover from last week. Picks to click, Will Howard and Kobe Savage. Let's get into game predictions. Uh, sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Everything's a win at Manhattan Brewing Company. Go and find your favorite Beer. Tis the Saison is back on tap. The perfect Christmas beer. I'm going to be having a couple of those on Wednesday before the basketball game. On Saturday before the football game. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company. Folks, you thought you had me. The Boneheads thought they had me. I had a 13-2 week last week. Uh, Boneheads 10-5. I am now out in front of the Boneheads 107-58. The Boneheads... 105 to 60 uh, and 60. So I'm two games ahead. We have four games that are different. Uh, look, I, I predicted it uh, all mine before I saw yours come in. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Boneheads have never won this. I, I've won it uh, quite a few times because I've been doing this. This is my sixth football season. Grant won it, I think, once or twice. Um, Boneheads have never won it. You guys have never won it. Um Looking at it, uh, (laughs) 
you guys are picking with your hearts a little bit. Uh, so I think, I think it's going to have to be next year for you guys. So we'll see. We'll see. I did give you, look, I gave you two. Um, you guys might be kicking yourself for a couple of these votes, but we'll see. Um, all right. So uh, the first one, the battle for the Chancellor Spurs, Texas Tech at Texas. Maybe the final time. I wish it was in Lubbock, but it's not. The Boneheads going with their heart overhead with Texas Tech. 52% I have Texas. I hope, look, if the Boneheads win this, we are rolling to Arlington. Um, the next one, TCU at Oklahoma. Shockingly enough, Oklahoma wins this 51% with the Boneheads. I'm going with Oklahoma as well. Those are your two Friday games in the Big 12. Moving to the Saturday slate, UCF hosting Houston in the Space Bowl. Boneheads have UCF 89%. I do as well. I'm going with Oklahoma State hosting BYU, clinching their spot in Arlington. The Boneheads are picking the Brigham Young Cougars to get it done. They put a big uh, scare into Oklahoma last week. Can they get it done in Stillwater? We will find out. We got two more later that we disagree with. The rest of the way, we are agreeing. West Virginia at Baylor. West Virginia, 91%. I have them. KU trying to bounce back at Cincinnati. This game opened up as only a two-and-a-half-point line in favor of KU. Quickly bet up to almost, actually, over a touchdown now at this point. Uh, KU, I have KU. Boneheads have KU, 76%. The game, Ohio State at Michigan. Uh, Look, I originally said this game was in Columbus. Deleted that poll put it back up didn't matter bonehead still went with ohio state 51 percent i also have ohio state i think they get it done i think ryan day finally beats michigan jim harbaugh not in the stadium all sorts of stuff going around michigan their offense and defense have kind of fallen off uh with this whole sign stealing thing i think ohio state gets it done um the game I'm always watching, the second half, families already left on Thanksgiving. I'm deciding if I want a second piece of pecan pie. I'm also trying to find the Tums, uh, you know, get, keep that uh, heartburn at bay. Polishing off maybe another glass of wine, watching the second half of the Egg Bowl. I hope this is a close one. There's been some absolute classics that you've watched. I'm hoping this is one of them. I have Ole Miss, so do the Boneheads as well. The Civil War, um, which is Oregon State at Oregon. I believe this is the last one scheduled. Boneheads have Oregon 70%. I do as well. I've been an Oregon State truther. I don't think they're any good. I think Oregon runs away in this one. The Sunshine Showdown. Florida State at Florida. Here we go. Here's another one we're deferring on. I'm going with Florida. Look, Florida State lost their quarterback. Disgusting injury. I don't want to. I I will not uh, watch that replay again. Gross. Um, I think Florida pulls off the upset and creates pandemonium uh, when it comes to the college football playoff. So I have Florida getting it done in the swamp. The Boneheads have Florida State. Duel in the desert, playing for the ter- ter- territorial cup. Excuse me. One of the only four protected rivalries in the new 16-team Big 12. Arizona at Arizona State. Boneheads have Arizona, 91%. I have Arizona as well. Um, They're going to end the year close to being a top 10 team. 
Um, that's going to be, I believe, game three on the schedule next year as a uh, non-conference game. Arizona coming into Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Could that be a top 25 showdown? Could it? We'll see. Uh, the final one that we're dif- uh, differing on, the 113th meeting between North Carolina and NC State. Bonehead's going North Carolina. I'm going to go with the Wolf Pack. Uh, Wolfham Pack, NC State. The laughably named Heroes game, Iowa at Nebraska. I'm going with Iowa. So are the Boneheads, 77%. Iowa gets it done. They're playing in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, just in, just a gross, disgusting season for Iowa. Yet, you know, they're the tallest midget of the Big Ten West. Um, that was not a PC thing to say, and I instantly regret it. I am sorry. Air Force at Boise State. I have Air Force. So do the Boneheads. And in the 107th. Farmageddon of all time on senior night. Boneheads have K-State 97%. I have the Kansas State Varsity Scholarship Football Fighting Wildcats 31. And I have the Corn Suckers from Iowa State 13. 31-13 for the Cats. Undefeated season at home. 9-3 regular season. 7-2 record in the Big 12. Missing out on a second straight trip to Arlington based on tiebreakers. But a great regular season. So that's what we have. I hope you guys have enjoyed this regular season. We will have bowl game preview content as well. If we aren't able to find our way into Arlington with a little bit of dark magic. Um, we'll, we'll still have five shows next week. We'll figure out what we're doing for December as well. But I just want to say how thankful I am for you guys. I want to say I love each and every single one of you. Thankful for my family. Thankful for uh, the Bonehead community. Thankful for my dog, Chauncey. Again, we'll have an episode tomorrow. It's it's going to be kind of off the cuff, uh, but we will have an episode on Thanksgiving. But if you choose not to listen to it, have a happy holiday. Eat the pecan pie. Eat an extra slice for me. My name's Scott McFarlane. I'm thankful for you. I love you. And go Cats.
Podcast Network.